Debt is a necessary evil if you're looking to create wealth. But we're not talking about consumer debt. We're talking about debt that you're using to leverage to go out and create wealth. So all debt isn't bad. How you use debt determines whether or not it's good or bad. 10% of the population controls 90% of the money, and it's time to close this wealth gap. My name is Perry Jeffries III, and I'm here to unlock the power of the 10% so you can grow your financial intelligence. Welcome to Cash Flow Unlocked. On this podcast, I'll be sharing proven strategies and exclusive tips that will get you one step closer to financial freedom. Now, if you want to join us in our private Facebook group, the Cash Flow Club, Cash Flow spelled with a K, just head on over to Facebook. All right, let's get started. Yo, welcome to this episode of Cash Flow Unlocked, where we share the secrets of the 10%. Who's the 10%? The 10% of the wealthy who control 90% of the wealth in the world. So with that being said, my name is Perry Jeffries. I will be your host today. I'm flowing solo on this episode, but we're going to make sure that you walk away with some valuable information as well as hopefully keep you entertained here and make this a really awesome topic for us. So today's episode, we're beginning our series on the power of leverage, how to accelerate your wealth generation with private banking. All right, pause. So if you haven't rocked with us before uh, or been into an episode of one of our lives here inside our our private Facebook group, here's the deal. We don't like to use words without providing definition. So let's break this down. The power of leverage. Leverage is the secret wealth hack. This is what the wealthy know they need to implement in order to create financial freedom today and generational wealth for tomorrow. So leverage is important, okay? And we look at that word leverage is literally creating an opportunity to use a small amount of something to move a large amount of something else, right? So when we kind of think about that leverage there, and we're talking about leverage because I'm going to share with you guys how to use leverage to accelerate your wealth generation. So those who haven't rocked with us before, we have a very, very specific definition of wealth. We don't like to use the word loosely. Wealth, by our definition, is the accumulation of assets, which can be converted into passive income in order to cover your lifestyle expense. So ultimately, we want to create leverage or the opportunity to supercharge our wealth accumulation strategies or our wealth accumulation process. Okay. And today we're going to talk about how to accelerate the wealth generation and the wealth accumulation with private banking. So everybody has heard the terms out there, private banking. Hey, I want to become my own bank. I want to be my own bank. I want to be my own lender. Hey, I want to go out here and acquire these assets. Well, you need financing in order to acquire these assets. And when we say financing, what we're really saying at the end of the day is debt. So how do we leverage debt? The uh, private banking mechanism in order to go out and accumulate assets, which is, you know, assets that can be converted into passive income in the future to cover our lifestyle expense, right? So the reason this is so dang on important is because we know to be true that 10% of the population controls 90% of the wealth. So what does the other 90% have? 
Well, a lot of that group has less than a half percent of the world's wealth of the, U, of the wealth in the U.S. Okay. Also, we know to be true is that it is projected by the year 2053 that black and brown folks will have a median net worth of zero. You heard me correctly, zero. So we are 30 years away from this time in the future, right? Which means it's critical mass time. So for those who didn't inherit wealth from you know the future generations and didn't have the financial literacy in pace and just didn't know how to go out and create wealth, or for not only just today, but also too for future generations, that means we're kind of behind the eight ball. Y'all feel me? And because we're behind the eight ball, we're going to have to accelerate this process. A lot of us have missed that window of investing $100 you know, a month for 40, 50 years and having a million dollar nest egg. A lot of us have missed that. And also a lot of us are entrepreneurs, which means we probably have gone all in on our businesses as our primary income generator, which we hope that ink is enough income for us to create some wealth in the future. So with that being said, we have to accelerate this process, but we have to do it in a smart fashion. So before I get into some of the details here, let me vent for a second. I hate social media. My team knows this. My family knows this, especially when it comes to finance, because you can go to Instagram right now and somebody's going to tell you, all you got to do is this. Anybody who starts off with all you got to do with this, turn that shit off, is not going to be valuable and is going to miss probably 10, 15, 20 different steps that need to be taken in order for you to achieve said goal, right? So unfortunately, that's how social media is built in very small sound bites, quick 60 seconds of, hey, do this and you can now have this. Hey, all you got to do is open up an insurance policy and put 100000 into it and borrow 100000 and then use that to go out here and acquire. There are so many more steps to that, y'all. So what I'm going to do is speak in general terms, but I am in this series going to get into the weeds of some of these strategies and plays that not only I run personally, to accelerate our wealth creation, but also to the same strategies that we actually share with our clients. So make sure you like and follow this podcast episode. If you're uh, listening to it, make sure you come in and join our private Facebook group. Go to facebook.com forward slash group forward slash cash flow unlocked. It's a completely free community, but the information ain't and the information ain't cheap. We're gonna give you jewels. We're going to give you gems that's gonna help you move in the right direction when it comes to your finances. All right. So that's my quick vent. I hate social media, but this is something important that we need to share. So before we get into this, because these are more sophisticated strategies when we talk about using leverage, understand that you can't skip steps. I'm going to share with you the sexy shit, right? I'm going to share with you the stuff that's going to get you super excited. Like, oh, that's dope. Didn't know you could do that, but, right? I'm going to share that. But ultimately, you cannot implement this unless you have mastered the basics. It's just like math. You cannot go to multiplication, division, or calculus until you have mastered addition and subtraction. So though I'm going to put you up on game, and share some information here with you, you still need to have the basics in place. You still need to have a great understanding 
of your cash flow. You still need to know exactly how much money you have coming in and how much money you have going out, right? You still need to understand what good and bad debt is. We're going to get into that a little bit today, right? You still need to understand where you get the most return on your investment and how to employ every dollar, right? You got to have these basic fundamentals down before you can start doing all the sexy shit. Now let's jump into the sexy shit. All right. Who is this for y'all? This is for the majority of folks who know they need to do more with their money, right? So they know they need to, you know, they're making money, but they don't know how to manage it nor how to multiply it. We're going to talk about how to multiply and how to make $1, make money on a dollar three, four different times before that dollar is ever even spent or maybe not spent at all. Okay. Super important here. Why is this important? Here's the deal, y'all. A lot of folks are scared of debt. And whether you're following your Dave Ramsey's or you're following another, you know, influencer or quote unquote expert, understand something here, y'all. Debt is a necessary evil if you're looking to create wealth. And I know that's going to piss some people off. I know that's not going to resonate with some folks. They're going to be like, nah, you know what I'm saying? You got to get rid of all your debt. Here's the deal. We're not talking about silly garbage debt. We're not talking about, hey, you used your, your Bank of America car to go out and buy 10 pairs of Jordans, which may not be a bad idea if you flip those Jordans, but we'll get into that here in a second. But we're not talking about consumer debt. We're talking about debt that you're using to leverage to go out and create wealth, right? So all debt isn't bad. How you use debt determines whether or not it's good or bad. But it's important that we start to understand and let it just resonate in our soul that in order to accelerate the wealth creation process, you are going to have to understand how to utilize debt. And it's okay. All right. What you need to know, you got to make sure you master the basics first right? You got to have some basic understandings about interest rates. You got to have basic understanding about budget. You have to master the basic first. And when do you want to start implementing some of this stuff? You want to start implementing some of this stuff today because you can do it on a small scale when I break it down here for you. And how you do it, I'm going to share, share that with you today. All right. So in this series, we're going to talk about being your own private bank. Well, what does private bank mean? What we mean by private bank is this. Typically, when you take out a loan, right? So if you take out a mortgage, it reports to everybody, especially who the credit bureaus, right? So that's pretty much public debt. More than one person knows you have <laughs> that you have this debt flowing out there, right? So that's not private. That's public. You take out a credit card. Multiple credit bureaus know you had that credit card. Multiple entities know you had that credit card. So again, that is not private, that is public, right? So you look at, when you look at most debts, those are public debts. When we talk about private banking, that means that only you know you have this outstanding and maybe the entity that you borrow from unless you borrow from yourself. So there's multiple ways to go about doing this, right? So what we're going to cover in this series, we're going to cover some of my favorite strategies. One strategy we're going to cover is going to be the solo 401k and how to borrow from your retirement account. A lot of folks don't know that as an entrepreneur, you can have what's called a solo 401k. So the same 401k you have at your job, 
you can have one established for yourself. Now, there are certain rules to this, and I'm not going to get into a lot of the details here because I'm going to save part of the series, one of our future submits to get more in depth into it. But you can actually borrow against your 401k. Many folks have done it at their job, but I want to make sure that we really understand the word borrow. Borrow means an interest rate and a payment plan, right? So you have a required payment and there's a certain interest that you're, that you're paying on these dollars. Well, when you have a 401k, typically you can borrow up to 50% of the value of that 401k right? Up to a max of 50,000. Now that changed a little bit during the pandemic and the CARES Act, but it's scaled back down now to 50,000. So that means if you have 50,000 in your 401k, you can borrow up to 25,000. That's 50% of that. Now, some may ask, well, Perry, why would I want to do that? Well, one, there's no origination fees. There's no closing costs and things of that nature. Plus that loan does not report to the credit bureaus. Hence, that is a private banking loan. Nobody knows it's out there other than you and the 401k. It's not reporting to the credit bureaus of, hey, you have this outstanding loan that impacts your debt to income ratio, right? So you can borrow those dollars. That's one. Another, so that's one strategy we're going to cover today is how to borrow, how to effectively borrow from your retirement plan where you don't have any taxes, you don't have any penalties, and the loan payment is being paid back to you. It's not being paid back to the bank or the lender. That principal interest payment is going back into your account. You just became the bank of you. Bet. Okay. Another strategy we're going to cover in the series, and I'm just giving you guys little snippets here. We are going to cover the using the whole life cash value insurance policy to become your own bank. So there's, you know, you've heard BYOB, be your own bank. You heard of infinite banking, things of that nature. We are going to dive into this, right? Because we're diving into using the insurance, the whole cash value uh, insurance as an asset. So let me rewind back here and make sure you guys are following me. We're leveraging assets, which means you first have to grow the assets. This is the hack that the rich understand, that when you grow an asset, you don't grow that asset to sell it. You grow that asset to leverage it, right? So you're putting money into your 401k, 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 into your retirement plan, right? And then maybe there comes a time where you need access to capital. Well, you don't want to sell out of it and deal with taxes and penalties and lose your investments, you want to know how to leverage that asset as collateral and get financing where you can keep that asset, continue to grow. And now you can use that capital to go out and accumulate assets to grow your wealth, right? So we first, so one of the assets we're going to talk about in our series, we said earlier, is going to be your 401ks and retirement accounts. The other asset we're going to talk about is going to be the insurance piece. We're running a play right now for a client who's putting, you know, $75,000 into a policy um, and day one and within the first week or so, they're going to be able to borrow out, you know, 80% of that. So they're going to end up putting in a hundred thousand for the year. After year one, they're going to be to borrow about 95,000, even before the end of year one, right? Uh, be able to borrow about 95,000 and they're going to be to use that 95,000 to go buy another business, Right whole different levels. So I'm not going to get into the details here, but we're going to talk about how to borrow from that asset class. Crazy stuff we can do with that. 
The other asset class we're going to talk about is borrowing from your cash and borrowing from your non-retirement investments. So your stocks and your mutual funds and things of that nature, right? We're going to discuss one of my favorite products is the security-based line of credit. You may like, Perry, yo, what's that? That sound, sound dope. What, 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 what is it? So this is something I learned very early on when I first became a financial advisor in 2003. I was at UBS as a broker. And, you know, being a young 20-something-year-old advisor, I didn't have a lot of people who were willing to give me a million dollars to invest because I didn't have a track record because I was a kid, right? Young kid at that, uh, 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 in fact. But what I understood was the power of leverage and the power of arbitrage. I'm going to get into that here shortly. So what I offered to my clients was a security-based line of credit where if they brought their investments over to me, and they could keep the same investments that they have. So if they had a mutual fund or a stock that they like, bring it over. If you got, you know, a couple thousand dollars, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000, million dollars sitting in cash, just bring that on over. And for them bringing those assets over, I was able to offer them a line of credit based on the size of those assets, right? So let's use simple numbers here. Somebody brought over 100,000 to me, I could get them anywhere between 50 to 90,000 as a line of credit. Well, somebody be like, well, Perry, why would somebody get a line of credit on their cash? Because your portfolio, your cash is an asset. This is what the big corporations do. Do you not realize that these corporations like the Apples and the Amazon and the Googles, and the Fed, they have billions of dollars in cash, billions of dollars in cash, but would still go take out a loan. Well, why not just use your cash? Because they understand the value of arbitrage. And arbitrage is this concept. I'm going to get into it here very quickly. Is if my asset is earning 6% and my and I can borrow against that asset and get a loan for 3%, I continue to make 3% net, but now I have access to capital to go out and do other things that generate more wealth. So go buy some real estate, go buy that truck for that uh, 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 that shipping company, or, or, or if you will, right? Um, whatever the case may be, go invest in other businesses. So now you're using the same dollar, but instead of selling your asset, which the wealthy know, you don't never sell your asset after you grow it, you leverage it. Right. So arbitrage. So we're going to cover those three asset classes in the upcoming uh, upcoming episodes. Right. So we're going to cover how to use your retirement account as an asset to borrow against to go out and create more wealth. We're going to talk about how to use insurance as an asset class to go out and borrow against and create more wealth. And we're going to talk about how to use your cash how to leverage your cash and your stocks and your investments to go out and get a line of credit to go out and accumulate more wealth. Back. All right. So before we close this session out here, let's talk about when it is the right time to use debt as a wealth accumulator. Okay. So I got four criteria that I want you to write down that determines if it is good to take out a line of credit or, uh, or, or a loan or use any type of debt. All right. So the first criteria is this. Before you flip out that credit card and be like, yo, I'm about to use this credit card. Or before you, hey, uh, you got approved for a line of credit at the bank, right? Ask yourself this first question. 
what I'm going to use this line of credit for. Is this going to create wealth? Does it have the opportunity to grow? If you're using a line of credit to cover a mistake that you made or or to go out and buy some consumer goods and, and oh, I bought this, you know, use a line of credit, I went on vacation, you more than likely did not use that to create wealth. Now, if you use that line of credit to go acquire an asset that's going to make you money not and has the opportunity to grow, now that debt is being used wisely. So if using that debt has the potential to be worth more later on down the line, then uh, uh, that asset has the potential to be more or worth more down the line. That's your first criteria. So before you start to use any type of lines of credit, debt, loans, and things of that nature, ask yourself this question. Will this help me create wealth? Okay, that's number one. Number two, does it provide leverage? All right. So when we talk about leverage, can I use this $1,000 in debt to go out and create $10,000, right? So that's what we're looking for in that sense is can I lever, right? Can I lever this debt to go out and create additional income, right? So does it provide leverage, right? Is me you know, borrowing $40,000 or borrowing $50,000 out of my 401k and then using that to go buy, you know, three properties or a property that's going to appreciate, right? Is it providing me with leverage? Am I getting a multiple on my dollar that I spent? I I borrowed a dollar, but I made five. I borrowed a dollar, but I made 10. I borrowed a dollar, but I made a hundred. Now we're getting into a return on investment. So second, second criteria is, does this debt provide leverage? Okay, that's number two. Number three, keep rocking with me. Is this debt or the interest on this debt tax deductible. Again, this is a hack that the wealthy know. We're running this play right now in my family. So you hear about folks having trust funds now and be like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're receiving money out to trust or, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe you even have established a trust for you and your family, whatever the case may be. But the play is not to take the money out to trust because that creates a taxable event where you could actually borrow against the trust and use the trust as collateral. Again, use that asset, the assets been growing, okay, right? Use that asset to then borrow. Now you got a line of credit and now you use that line of credit to go out here and make a power move, to make a play. Well, the interest on that line of credit, if you're using that for a business, you know, uh, a venture, now becomes tax deductible. So literally you avoided having to pay taxes because that's what happens when you liquidate your assets. You now have a tax liability. And this is why the wealthy avoid so much in taxes. So instead of selling their stock portfolio to go make a move, they use a line of credit and use their stock portfolio as collateral to get access to this capital to go make this move. And the dang on line of credit is tax deductible. So not only did they avoid having to pay taxes on liquidating their asset, but they also got tax deductible interest to apply to their other income that reduces their tax liability. 
it's a reason why the wealthy love leveraging debt. Okay. Is it tax deductible? That could be a play in and of itself. Hey, I'm going to do this, right? Maintain my asset, use it as collateral, get a line of credit, and now get that tax deduction. Woo! Because any of my clients know this, and I share this all the time, the two main levers that you can pull, push and pull, that's going to have the most impact on your wealth creation is reducing your expenses, right? And reducing your tax liability. Now, you can reduce your ex- expenses by making more income, right? But a lot of people don't have the ability to go out and just make you know, 10x more income, right? But if you can reduce your expenses and spend less on monthly fixed expenses, but also to reduce your taxable income, that's a win, right? And now you have more capital to do what? Go out and accumulate more assets. All right, y'all. That's number three. Number four, does it provide cash flow? All right, if you're going to use some debt and using that debt, is it going to provide cash flow? Hey, I'm going to borrow this $50,000 to put down on this 10 unit. That And, and borrowing this $50,000 in my payment is, you know, for easy math, let's say 500 bucks. Let's say 1,000 bucks. And I'm buying this 10 unit. And after net, you know, after insurance and things of that nature, if I'm netting, let's say 10,000. So I'm netting 10,000 and I'm using part of that 10,000 to pay the debt back. And I'm, and so I'm still netting nine in that scenario, right? Understand that math. But here's just a quick answer, a quick question you can ask yourself is what I'm using this debt for going to provide cash flow? If you're borrowing debt to start a business, is that business providing cash flow? And more importantly, is that business providing cash flow today? Like right now, cash flow. I see a lot of entrepreneurs make this mistake in that they borrow monies uh, and go into debt for something that has the potential to make cash flow. If you're going to borrow money with a parent, literally, I just saw this today. Big shout out to my guy, Flame. Uh, you actually posted this on Facebook today. And I'm going to bring it up. I think the question you had on Facebook was, hey, would you rather have a credit card for fit with a $50,000 limit with 0% interest for 18 months? Or would you rather, rather have a loan of $150,000 at 21% interest, right? And it's, I was watching some of the comments and even, even, even preparing to come into this, uh, um, call with you guys. And I was like, that's a really good question. And, and I was watching, you know, reading some of the answers. And my response is it comes down to the cash flow and the purpose of the funds. Like if I'm going to take out a loan at a 21%, which is a pretty high interest rate, right? But it's that 21% over, you know, 30 years and that 20% over two years. I need to understand the terms, but really what I need to understand is what is the payment? On that, if so, if I'm going to get access to capital 150,000 with a pretty hefty payment, well, then I have to make sure that I'm putting it in and putting it into something that is going to provide cash flow in order for me to make the payment. The interest rate becomes almost irrelevant if you're acquiring an asset that covers the payment. And I know that's a lot of folks are like, well, Perry, you know, I want the lowest interest rate I can get. 
Go check out one of our previous episodes with Don Daniel, uh, where we discussed the pill method, uh, how the program that we're using to pay off our 30-year mortgage in less than 10 years, 9.8 years, 9.6 years, I believe. Go check out that episode if you want to argue with me, because Mr. Daniel does a great job explaining why interest rate doesn't matter. It's all about the cash flow. Okay. Not going to get into that on, the, on, on this particular episode right here. Go check out that other episode. If you've got any questions, holler back at us. All right, back. So those are the four. Before you take out that debt, ask yourself, number one, is this going to help me create wealth? Is And we know that wealth is the accumulation of assets. So is this going to help me accumulate an asset that can continue to grow? Two, does this provide leverage? If I spend a dollar, can I make 10? Can If I spend a dollar, can I make five? If I spend a dollar, can I make three? Is it tax deductible? Is this type of debt, because not all debt is tax deductible. So if it is tax deductible, you know it's going to reduce your taxable income, which is a play in and of itself. The less you have to pay the IRS, the more money you keep in your pocket. And number four, does it provide cash flow? We talked about that, you know, kind of that arbitrage play. Hey, if I'm borrowing the money at 5%, but I have it in something that's making me 10%, I'm still net positive, not even using my own money. And I still got that asset that still lives on my balance sheet. Stay with me, y'all. In order to create wealth, you have to be fluent and understand how to manage both sides of the balance sheet, your assets and your liabilities. You just, just can't be asset focused like, oh, I'm just I'm going to invest a couple of dollars in the stock and hope that it grows you will not be able to accelerate your wealth creation that way. You have to be a master of leveraging the liability side and the asset side of the balance sheet. Your advisor who you work with, your CFO who you work with needs to understand both sides of the balance sheet because that's how you can accelerate that wealth creation. All right, y'all, that is the end of this episode. If this was valuable, Please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends and family, because we're going to rock with this series for the next couple of weeks. And, you know, and just so you know, we're going to cover how to borrow efficiently against your retirement accounts so you avoid taxes and penalties and still have access to capital. We're going to talk about how to leverage insurance as an asset to borrow against to go out here and, and create some wealth. And we're going to talk about how to actually be able to leverage and borrow against your cash and your stocks and mutual funds and investments and use that as arbitrage to go out here and create some wealth. So if you rock with this, y'all, like it, share it, show us some love. All right, y'all, Perry Jeffries here with this episode of Cash Flow Unlocked. Mad love. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Hey fam, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cash Flow Unlocked. If you want to connect with me and other like-minded professionals like yourself who are on a mission to close the wealth gap and create generational wealth, then head on over and join us in our private Facebook group, Cash Flow Unlocked. Do that right now. Just head over to Facebook and type in Cash Flow Unlocked and you'll be able to find us. And the subtopic will be great financial freedom and generational wealth. When you join, you'll get access not only to our team of experts, but live Q&A and other resources, which we promise will move you closer to achieving financial freedom. And you can take that to the bank. See you there.